Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Agiles Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We have a very special guest. It's one of our own, Justice. (laughs) (laughs) Justice Connor is going to be talking to us today a little bit about DAOs, Web3 stuff, all the bleeding edge, cutting edge stuff that's exciting and can be put to good use. So I won't speak for him because I am a student today. So without further ado, Justice, take us away on a journey. guys i appreciate this and i tell you i'm so happy that my journey from development into agile has taken me in such a organic way into the dow space now you'd almost at first i struggled with it felt like a pivot right but now i see them as so intimately acquainted that in this context for what we do on this show i would even call this basically DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, as Agility 3.0. It it is the the future of what we're doing and a natural evolution to it. And so I hope our listeners, by the end of our conversation, connect the thread here and see this. And even more importantly, I hope that experts in our field, uh, Agilists, basically find their way and move into the DAO space because the need is so high. And that people who are already in the DAO space, operators, summoners, coordinators, basically can reach out to those experts to apply their knowledge so we're not just reinventing the wheel. Awesome. Justice, I'm so glad that you broke down that acronym because like when I first heard of a DAO, and you'll probably go ahead and laugh at me, feel free. Um, But I, I immediately thought of the New York oh, stuff. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no. it, it sounds like it, if you're not thinking of the, the letters. There's right? some there's some Eastern philosophy too, Taoism mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. If you put that on Amazon, you're not going to get decentralized autonomous organizations. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm obviously coming from the perspective of totally newbie into this, and I'm so pumped that that we get to pick your brain about this. But I, my first question to you is, how do they even work? How does a decentralized autonomous organization work? And what kind of businesses can be DAOs? Mike, can I even say, can I even back that up just a little more? You know, maybe to tack on to your question, say what, uh, give us a little bit of a history behind a DAO, where yes. it came from, yes. and then explain Great question. maybe a little bit about what it is in, to, Mike's, to Mike's perspective, the, the question he was asking. And for other listeners okay. that have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start at the genesis of this thing and describe the evolution. Great. So that people who don't even know what cryptocurrency is, right? And how this is like layers on top of that. Okay. Basically up until a few years ago, money as we knew have known it have been either uh, physical based, some kind of special paper or uniquely marked document or digital in the sense that we had databases where we kept a record of account. Okay, and so the, the this database over here said you had five units, and if you sent one, they changed the accounting there to say now you had four, and the other person had six or something. The idea that you could have a digital currency was completely foreign. It was impossible to imagine because think about it: like you would need limited supply, okay, in order to have. If I give, if I have two, and I give you one, and now I have one less, and 
the person who made that possible was a person, an anonymous person named Satoshi Nakamoto or around 2009, where he published a white paper where... Can I, can I just interrupt? How can it be anonymous if we know his name? Uh -huh. No one knows the true identity. We just know that. It could have been a group of people. But basically, even to put some color behind that to show you how big this is bigger than people even realize is there were a group of computer scientists called the cypherpunks. And they were pioneers in the realm of cryptography. And their whole thinking was they were really forward thinking and they could see that given just the natural progression of technology and nation states and the world and the nature of humanity, that we would in inevitably slide into a techno dictatorship where massive nation states would completely have absolute surveillance on everything and control every aspect of our lives. And they were in an arms race in order to preserve people's freedom of speech and privacy, not through law or promises or goodwill, but through hard math, cryptography. And so they're the ones that created that many secure protocols that we have invented the whole science and of cryptography. Well, it was, and even some of the WikiLeaks thought leaders and stuff, they came out of the cypherpunks. If you read that early. Interesting. Wow. And Satoshi Nakamoto is an entity, an identity that came from the cypherpunks. And he put forth this white paper, which is a research paper, which was a system for digital cash. And the way it worked is this, is that Rather than having a single database on one person's machine, every single person who was connected to the network had a copy of the full database on their machine. And so if a person said, hey, I have two of these things and I send another person one, that kind of signal goes to everyone in the network. Okay, mm -hmm. so everyone's database gets updated. And so then if that person tries to spend two later, but they only have one, if they try to signal that uh, that transaction to the network would not agree that it's a valid transaction because they can see that it doesn't make sense. You can't double spend. So this, now, is, this is the genesis, right, of hashing updates on a blockchain, correct? Yes, yes. And the biggest innovation was there was technology behind this using distributed ledger technology. It's not mm -hmm. like it was unknown, but the innovation was to close the loop. Because what he did is he said, because here's the thing, how do you incentivize people to run these databases and not just like spam the network with false transactions? What he did is he created a system in that paper where he said, listen, everyone's in a race to collect all the transactions and order them in a proper way and, and submit that. The, the, the first, like, here's an accounting of all the transactions that happened during this previous block of time. And the person who submits it the first gets awarded in the unique currency of that network. And so now all of a sudden, there's an incentive for the network itself to maintain and prevent the double spend problem. You close the loop, the self-sustaining system. Sure. Now, a lot of what I'm saying is extremely simplified into a technical person. Being, oh, you're wrong on that point, wrong on that point. I'm speaking in such a way that the normal person can understand. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was the birth of what we know to be Bitcoin. All right. Now, whether someone says, wow, it's not real, it's not what it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> if I want, if I, if we want to trade in our network with cough drops, we can mm -hmm. do that. It's just a matter of, do we have something with a limited supply and scarcity that we can use as a system of accounting?
Okay. So that was the birth of Bitcoin. S several years later, a pure genius, a genius, Vitalik Buterin. Gamer, correct? Originally. Yes, yes, okay. yes. If I had a picture in my room of, of someone I maybe venerated for a few minutes before I came in and laid down at night, it may be Vitalik Buterin. Okay? <laughs> All right. Now, here's the crazy part. Vitalik was a big, avid uh, gamer, and mm -hmm. he played World of Warcraft. And he worked long and hard to get this special sword. And mm -hmm. one day he woke up and the World of Warcraft owners like took his sword off the game. And he was so upset <laughs> that they took his sword that he started applying his gargantuan intellect towards <laughs> some way that could be prevented from happening. Now, mm -hmm. that's not the only thing that was happening. He was also extremely involved in the Bitcoin community and writing for Bitcoin magazine. He was showing up to like staying in bombed out concrete bunkers with revolutionaries all hacking on computers, trying to build a new civilization. This dude was in some wild circles, right? It all came together to produce an idea called Ethereum. And the idea is that instead of us just trading units of account on a decentralized network, what if we could actually put programs on that network as well? Such that code, for instance, code you would run at AWS or somewhere, instead of it running on some central place, it runs in a decentralized way. And the idea is that with this code, this smart these smart contracts you could make what amount to unstoppable immutable money vending machines now what that would mean is you have some money in your crypto wallet you send it into this vending machine which is a smart contract for some service maybe mm -hmm. it does something for you does some financial transaction or whatever and then spit something out the other end all the code completely visible unchangeable even unchangeable by the person who wrote it and the idea suddenly is rather than having to create new types of blockchains and all this, you could have a single one that is completely turn complete and programmer science talk means that any imaginable program can be written and it'll run on it. Sure. And it's unchangeable, though. I, I want to understand that it's unchangeable mm -hmm. because of kind of the whole idea behind distributed ledger cryptography. <laughs> cryptography. It's unchangeable in the same way that if I sent you on the Bitcoin network, one Bitcoin, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just can't like come back later and say, well, that's let's not yours. Let's undo yeah. that. It's, it's yeah. built into the block of the history. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, when you deploy that contract, it's there. That's where it is. Now you may deploy new versions. <clears throat> There's no way to go back and say, never mind on that. Yeah, which that didn't happen or something. Yeah. Which creates one way you want to say it or another full trustworthiness or a trustless system okay now here's where we come full into the idea of a DAO. okay one of the very first things that vitalik started talking about what could be built on this smart contract platform called ethereum is DAOs, uh, standing for decentralized autonomous organizations and the idea was rather than having an organization where people are at the center and programs are at the edge. We use programs. The very center of the organization would be a program and human beings would work along the edge such that a good example would be, for instance, Uber. What does Uber do? Uber provides software, which allows people to provide rides to other people who need rides. Okay. 
Now we'll call this a web two company. This is a web two company. They built software and then they deploy it out at large scale and, and extract value. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this is if you look at the value created, millions and millions, if not billions of dollars are created. But exactly how much of that money goes into the pocket of the drivers? Actually, very little. So a, a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, could replace Uber itself with a smart contract that is the code running that does driver routing. It does uh, driver reputation management. And suddenly, basically, everyone interacts with that program from the from as a driver or as a person who needs rides. Sure. Okay. And and, and now all that value, instead of it going into Uber, goes to the people who interact with the protocol. Now, maybe this is a little bit of a left turn as you start to talk about DAOs and smart contracts. Does and this is I think I know the answer to this, but maybe for the benefit of everybody listening as well, do you have to be paid and operate using some sort of a cryptocurrency, or can it just be, for lack of a better term, there's no currency behind it? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I think so. I think so, and it is a tricky question to answer mm-hmm. because programs on the blockchain only see what's on the blockchain. Sure. Okay. And so do you need to use an obscure cryptocurrency to interact with a smart contract? You've heard of many of these memes and Bitcoin, all this kind of stuff. Do you need to? No. There are forms of cryptocurrency called stable coins, which are pegged to the dollar. So die is one die is worth a dollar and it always will be. And that's how it works. USDC, there's others. The reason why you cannot interact truly speaking with a real dollar in a smart crack scenario is because there is no such thing as a digital dollar yet because a government says this is a dollar and the government has not ever produced anything backed any type of token that says, Oh, this is our, our government backed dollar. So other people have come in and said, we'll make one and we'll use fancy mathematics to ensure it's pegged to the dollar in value. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No. And that right mentality of credit and or virtual trade, right, has been around for a while, but not in the sense of cryptocurrency. Yep. I, I totally understand. So I want to ask you this too, but please don't answer it if this is going to derail where you're going. But I, I guess my thought is, you, is DAOs become more of a thing and people explore them and they become more prevalent and, and maybe they replace the way that organizational units and organizations run and operate, how do you derive a sense of salary for the individuals that are part of it or pay? Is it based on smart contracts alone or is it that that's what I'm getting at with, do you have to interact with a cryptocurrency? The larger organizations, what do they do? I'll say this because there's been a major turn in the road. Now I'll say this, the first DAO, the Mm -hmm. big one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was an investment. DAO, where basically people could come in, put money in, and then the entire DAO would vote as to invest in different like promising companies. There was a bug in the code. And in a short little bit, I think a day, it was something like tens of millions fortune was drained. And the entire Ethereum community came together and said, what do we do? There's really no undoing, but 
where we would be starting this entire movement because it was early on, on, on a massive drain of the entire community. And so they actually forked the entire protocol. And so what you'll see is if you go and look at exchanges and stuff, there's an Ethereum classic and an Ethereum. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. Ethereum classic is the chain that still has the hack on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the power here of what's necessary to like undo. There's no undo. You literally have to copy and move over. You mm -hmm. didn't have to do something like that. So I say that because what happened, what has happened in the past few years is the idea of having this super AI in the middle and then everyone else is working for this super AI program has really mm -hmm. just been like, okay, maybe someday, but that ain't now. Instead, what has happened is rather than there being like this, and people even argue this, we shouldn't be calling this autonomous anymore. There's mm -hmm. no like big smart contract in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. What it is people coming together and creating working agreements. And mm -hmm. those working agreements are in the form of very simple programs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And everyone is able to basically vote or have a democratic process. And mm -hmm. that democratic process is totally tied to the release of funds. Yeah, And makes so it's a movement away from there's a giant computer in the middle to this is just a highly efficient way for human beings to interact with without the need for any bank, mm -hmm. any government, any mm -hmm. laws. That's where the, this is the full quantum leap above everything we've known. Sure. And so your original question is, how does an organization right now operate? I would say, here's the question. Does it, can you found an organization today as a DAO and the question is, absolutely. Some people have described DAOs as a chat with a connected bank account, a chat th thread with mm -hmm. a connected bank account, because that's effectively mm -hmm. what you can do, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if, if a company, so you can do that without even knowing the identity of the people, mm -hmm. okay? Not needing to know where they live in the world, anything like that. But for a company that actually is already functional today what they could do is there are dedicated dow services now that provide like crypto payroll okay mm -hmm. there's dedicated services right now that provide like dedicated health insurance and co-ops to people who are full-time down it and and this kind of stuff and the probably the more common pattern i'll see is either companies retain their existence as a legal entity and then take on a sister entity which is their their DAO version. Sure, you have like okay. Widget Co. and then you have Widget Co. DAO. One mm -hmm. becomes the HQ and the other becomes the DAO. And mm -hmm. that's sometimes that's referred to as a progressive decentralization. But then other companies, and for instance, uh, Shapeshift is a very leader in this, is they took their entire net worth as a company, millions mm -hmm. and millions of dollars, and converted the entire thing into a treasury and formed a DAO from that. And that's what's happened in the last six months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the reason I asked that, and I'm glad you answered, you know, with pretty thoroughly is I wanted to set the stage for my own mind as you could talk about some of the other stuff you laid out before we got on the podcast about, hey, where is this going and what does it look like? And as you answered Mike's question, I wanted to make sure that I understood, okay, how does this fit into existing organizations, modern day organizations? So thanks. Yeah. yeah. One one thing you could say, and this is the crazy idea of this. Okay. The prediction was several years ago, every company would become a tech company. The meme software is eating the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. Andreessen Horowitz, mm -hmm. right? Well, <clears throat> the new software is eating the world is that every tech company will become a crypto company. Mm. 
Okay. Mm. Because they want to own your own economy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons. And in order to not face World War III with nation states that want to extract value and control you, every crypto company must become a DAO. Mm -hmm. They have to. Interesting. Because they will be seen as and treated as such no different than a bank. Which is the most highly regulated thing. So you see, you, you trace that thread, mm -hmm. and really, this whole thread is the unfolding of the technological singularity. Which I don't know, that may be a whole another show right there, guys. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it goes, that can go deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. All right, great. So, where are we taking this next, Justice or Mike? Did that you want to dig a little deeper on that question? No, I just thought it was interesting too that you were you were talking about Justice. That this is almost like a community. Be driven based decision making almost like a liberating structures meeting where you get everybody involved and everybody has an opinion um, dude let me tell you all the guests that we've had on this show i'm got i got goosebumps over here guys the, the hairs on my both of my arms are standing <laughs> I, know, I know where you're going with this yep everything all the thinkers that we bring on that they press into their experimental side all of them oriented towards north and north is this movement okay mm -hmm. the remote first completely yeah. agnostic to where you're at in the world the team autonomy there is nothing more autonomous because think about it even in all our pursuit of autonomy we still can only think of teams in terms of the companies that own and direct them it's almost like Bingo. Uh, yeah. It's yep. almost, yeah. Yeah. We want to have the fish be free and stuff, but still at the best, it has to walk around on land with a big uh, tank on its head, breathing water. You can only go so far. Okay. And so that's where the remote first, that's where the liberating structures, the, the DevOps and, and basically the program in the middle, like all of this stuff is connected. Even the low code, no code stuff. Cause here's the thing right now, the stuff I'm saying, people, yeah, sounds theoretical. I don't know how it works. Guys, we can get right into concrete tools and how people do this and how fast. And all the tooling that's being used, almost all of it is low-code, no-code tools where a person mm -hmm. writing no-code who's just aware of the values and the ethos and the language can facilitate and are calling these DAO summoners. Flash DAOs to raise $47 million in a week to buy a copy of the Constitution. <laughs> wow that's the power here and this takes us rick all the way back to our data-driven ag agility days where the yep. idea is you have fewer and fewer agilists in a giant dashboard and able to see the entire state of larger and larger activity right and be able to pull those levers and make those changes all of it's connected that whole mentality of self-service right yep so I, I wonder, too, just to maybe put a little insert here, is are DAOs exclusively or heavily focused in the Ethereum world, or is this prevalent elsewhere? Yeah, that's what this, I was going to ask. Mentality. That's a great question. I would say this. <clears throat> I'm going to use the term Web3, so I don't, don't want to forget. I'll circle back and like touch on kind of what that means. But uh, Ethereum, the platform, is in my opinion synonymous with web3 and and the the dow movement okay now does that mean can you make tooling and do all this stuff on another chain 
Absolutely. In fact, I'm working with some people now that they're doing stuff on Avalanche, which is an alternative L1. It's an alternative base smart contract layer. And so you can, it's just a matter of, do you have the same access to the tooling and those kind of things? And there's a place there too, where people who prefer those chains, maybe there's not as much tooling, but the tooling is there has a way bigger market share. So there's like a business opportunity there too. I see. Yep. Makes sense. One advantage and probably what it leads people to build on Ethereum is there's a first mover advantage there. There's mm. also a priority. There's a strong commitment to decentralization. Because here's the thing, guys, I could kick off a new blockchain network on my computer and it'll be faster than any other smart contract platform out there. But will it be decentralized? No. It's just it's like a SQL database running from my machine. Sure. Um, yep, yep. And so other stuff that's out there, you have to ask, you say, how many machines is this running on? Can someone just walk in and pull the plug and it go down? And we're back to that. Remember we talked about the cypherpunks? The mm -hmm. whole idea is built upon this has to be rigorous enough that not only can no evil actor come in, even if it's a nation state can come in and change anything because... The end game is this, it's not just new types of coordination or new businesses, it's mm -hmm. building new nations. Mm -hmm. That's where this is going. So that being said, that then that's a pretty grandiose view and I totally buy in, but I wanna ask and feel free to take it a different direction if you're headed there, but wanna ask organizational units that are agile minded, right? What Where is a place, maybe a case study or a thought a thought process you've had where it's like, hey, let's start to dip our toes into DAO, into DAOs. What are some things that are practical kind of case studies or methods to get involved in this and, and implement it, even if you don't have necessarily a case study, but maybe ways that this can be implemented for agile teams and, and agilists around the world? Yeah, so I was going to get DAO and agile marry into each other. Yeah, I, I think they already know. They just ain't met and kissed yet it's coming <laughs> and frankly it's crazy as it sounds it's my part of the reason why i have so much energy on the show is because i feel like uh, that's happening right now with mm -hmm. what we're trying to do with this conversation as far as case studies man the crazy part is there's something called decentralized finance mm -hmm. and we could get into what that is or whatever but sure. the idea was as a mainstream kind of thing it's only popped off in the last like two years and um, it moves so fast that you guys ever play video games called speed running? That's how oh, yeah. fast can you beat the whole game? They yeah. said DeFi basically speed ran a thousand years of financial history in two years. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah. let me say the speed, that's another characteristic of the technological singularity. Like everything mm -hmm. is speeding up, right? DAOs are doing the same thing so fast that I'm honestly not sure there's been any time for any case studies to be written. It's, it's right. this okay. fast. Now, as far as examples of what's happening. Yeah, you know, or how it can be implemented even. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You can go in, basically just Google online like DAOs. And there is a website called mirror.xyz. And, and I'll say this, like, this is an interesting thing. If, if anyone has seen like a .eth name on Twitter, online, mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. that's a decentralized domain service built on top of Ethereum. And the idea is that I can or no one can't go in there and just steal your domain name. Mm -hmm. People who have that, they're signaling that there's some early adopters and there are places where you can post content using your wallet address or your .eth to get the insight. And it's almost like 
you get a free getting warmer when you see sites like mirror.xyz and you see the people who are thinking about these organizational units. And so DAOs primarily were first used to manage protocols, DeFi protocols. And so borrowing and lending, how do we make updates or changes to the protocol that everyone agrees with? Let's launch a DAO. Everyone has a token. You vote with your token based upon those votes as the changes that happen, but it's become even bigger. So this is how new it is. <clears throat> Bankless DAO, which is the largest media DAO, is barely you know, six months old or something like that. And it's one of the largest and there is no, there's no protocol that's managed. It's a hundred percent just media education and it's probably in the top top three you know that's insane it's only you said about six months old yeah wow so i i, I want to just press just a little bit deeper on this so maybe let's think of a let's think of a case study on the show here right now where uh, maybe we got some people in the midst of a of an agile transformation or maybe even let's take it back because sometimes it's hard i i, I would not foresee a company hypothetically like JP Morgan Chase changing their entire operations overnight or quickly, right? Into to operating teams or organizational units in in so in, so you're saying let's you got a program and yes. you want to press into the new how do you get your little Ex finger in this and test around. Right. And maybe you have a little bit of flexibility, whereas a uh, larger yeah. organization, again, I'm just using them because they're large, right? Might not be able to move as, as nimbly and as quickly. So you've got an organization, you got something going on. You're like, let's press in. Let's start to, let's start to tinker with this and implement this and, and grow it here in our organization. Well, what are some ways that that could happen? Well, I guess I would take it back to the heart of a lean startup, Eric Reese. And the whole idea there was uh, large institutions, they just by the nature of their existence and size have a hard time staying on the cutting edge of creating new and dynamic ideas. And so the idea was what you need to do is always be creating little dynamic teams that have autonomy that can create stuff that's experimental and then they can get those short feedback loops and uh, capitalize on those wins. It's right there, the lean startup. And the idea in that context, I think he was talking about Intuit, the tax software, tax company. Okay, yeah, yeah. Any company like that. So the first step would be like, okay, let's actually create a truly autonomous team here where they're not getting releases from the top. Basically, they have a product. They introduce, their PO introduces, comes up with ideas with a team of features that can go into the product. And then they have a measurement. They actually produce that, put it out, have measurement to see, hey, look, users are using this more, using this differently, right? The full autonomous next step would be rather than that money generated from that product getting lost in the wash into the larger organization, you would say, listen, the money that comes in from this project has to self-sustain that team. Okay. Mm -hmm. And actually the money that comes in, you guys will actually be your own treasury. On and that. they're operating on a platform as an autonomous organiza yep. organizational yep. unit at the yep. least, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now here's the thing. Some people have already started to do this. We had a guest on a while back and he was talking about the wildness of, I think it was BMW, what they're doing in order to compete with Tesla. And mm -hmm. they said they launched out entire new, they didn't try to build something new within. They had to start a new company to get that innovation side. Mm. And guess who decides who's on and off the team? And the we were team. like, yeah. he was like the team. Yeah. And, and then some other people have said, they're like, hey, some of these real cutting edge agile concepts, guess how they decide 
what people are worth, what they should get paid. The team, the team. decides. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, that's crazy because that's fundamentally exactly what a DAO is. And also it addresses the question too of when we talk about remote work and we're like, if everyone's not, if you're not babysitting everyone, how do you know what people are doing with their work? And then you say, there's KPIs. Well, but it's, it's not so easy to like, just know exactly what the measure and then mm -hmm. what, how everyone is moving that mm -hmm. all of a sudden, what do you, what have you done? If you say the decision is at the level of the team, Mm -hmm. suddenly you, you have removed yourself from the problem and the people who are making the decisions on compensation are the people closest to the problem, which is a critical central point of lean. The people closest to the problem make those decisions. And wouldn't you it that there is a Web3 tool called Coordinate, which does this very thing? It's interesting. You say I have two things I'm thinking of. It's interesting. You say the team's decision-making, the team is driving the driving force. There was a, here's my fanboy moment right here. There was a Steve Jobs excerpt from, I think the eighties or something where he was talking about how the team basically safeguards itself when admitting new members and when doing things, how would one, or how does a team determine who joins a DAO? There's Maybe there's different a, ways a to do question. this. There's not one way to structure a DAO, right? Okay. You could theoretically you could structure a DAO in any any conceivable way. Okay. You could have a central committee that says, "Hey, we're basically the execution leads." And people apply and then we vote and then they get mm. divvied up, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the truer, I think, more sustainable pattern is what they're calling the sub-DAO pattern. Mm -hmm. And th the reason why this is appealing is because it's, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It stays true to principles in a recursive and fractal fashion. And what that means is <clears throat> if a DAO wants to do something and they find someone else and there's a, this other party says, we'll do it. They don't try to say how that other party should function. They say, sure. okay, we'll give you this and, and we expect to get this in return. And that other party structures itself in the exact same way as the first out. So it's sure. really just a network of individuals, which takes us back to the, the you want a, a agility network, a and network. Each each DAO, even the sub DAO would have to be structured similarly or wouldn't have to. But they okay. could literally use this same kind of operating system, but mm -hmm. the idea just to get practical and how would a DAO or mm -hmm. sub DAO, sister DAO relationship, whatever, how, how they could do this is they could say, Hey, we're on a team. And here's the thing. We're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just supercharging open source software. Mm -hmm. Boom. That's what it is. The team says, listen, we're seven. We work really good, but guess what? In our last two retros, we're feeling the pain. We really need somebody with this kind of skill set. Let's how did, how Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm jumping. I'm all over. No, they could say, hey, we really need this skill set. So they're talking in the chat or whatever. And they're like, let's put out a job posting. This is where our finances are at. Let's put out a job posting and see if we can hire someone. So they may put up a job posting. And here's the deal. <clears throat> the thing is, it's not like totally foreign. They put up a job posting for anyone else. And this person, maybe through normal channels, and this mm -hmm. person would contact them and they'd hop into a chat or get on a call. They say, hey, this is what we're building. We would like to hire you for this compensation. And people would apply or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, cool. And then they would kick off like terms. And the team would have to vote. And I think what, what part of you're pressing into is what how exactly does the does the voting work maybe? Yeah, that's that, that, that yeah. yeah, and I understand that you know there can be 
traditional channels used to communicate and do things. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah, but that you're definitely on the right yep. scent here that I'm so putting down. Yeah. This is where it's going to get real practical, guys. Like, how does this work? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is how it works. It's called a multi-sig wallet. Now, what a multi-sig wallet and the top provider right now is called Gnosis Safe. G-N-O, Gnosis Safe, right? Mm-hmm. Is the idea is, let's say right now, us three, we're kicking off a DAO. Mm-hmm. Okay. What we can do is one of us log in to Gnosis Safe, create a vault, and then you guys would send me your wallet address. Mm-hmm. I would create the wallet, I would uh, the wallet, the safe, and I would put you, Rick, and you, Mike, I'd put your wallet address as a multi-sig signer. Okay. Once I kick that off, now any money that came into that vault, the only way it could leave is we could put a rule on there that says two of the three of us have to verify, have to uh, sign the transaction. And Mike, you go in there and you're like, hey, we're going to pay one of our guests. We got special guests to come in and talk and they want to pay her. So I don't know, something. We're going to go on a conference, whatever. You would initiate that transaction in that. And then Rick and myself, or Rick or myself would have to go in confirm that and basically then the transaction would go off and you can have any number you could have four of seven you could have any kind of crazy setup okay now this is where it gets real interesting because as you get larger and larger basically what you can have is let's say we were not three and we were 300 or 3000 in a big discord room chat whatever right yeah what we would do is we'd have something what dows use called governance tokens the governance tokens are the currency of the community and they serve two purposes one is if we put out awesome stuff then the value of our token should go up if we're releasing spaceships and concerts and making movies i don't know stuff that people like Mm suddenly people are like man it's like a stock right Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. also when we put up a proposal rick has a great idea for something he can actually put a proposal write up a document on something called snapshot okay Mm -hmm. snapshot allows everyone who has that that token to be able to vote and he says listen we should do this i think we should do it i'm going to need three thousand dollars to do this thing all of us can log in and then we can vote if we hold that governance token and if the vote is a thumbs up then that money is released to rick or to his other multi-sig whatever in order to execute on the plan if if something like this was implemented as part of an an existing organization i want to get too deep down a rabbit hole yep but how does that impact revenue and then ultimately what what a company reports and is is judged and taxed on What so, the so to, 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 I would, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm really not uh, a mm-hmm. good person to ask about this because okay. I don't have a real optimistic, warm and fuzzy opinion on this. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I, I will say this, there are two schools and it's highly simplified. Mm-hmm. There's one school that actually says, oh yeah, you can do everything by the book. These are the rules and you're all good, all mm-hmm. safe, fine mm-hmm. and dandy. Okay. There's another school of thought that says, dude. You're kidding yourself, man. You're fine and dandy until somebody decides that you're not. That's where I sit with some of, yeah, yeah. Some of the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Ask Arthur Hayes if he felt fine and dandy running his entire like exchange or any mm. of these other people mm. when basically they're fleeing the country and the mm. government just decides you, you owe this money. So mm. I'm not convinced 
that the sun doesn't come up tomorrow and the government decide that Bitcoin, Ethereum and all the rest is illegal and, and all the rest. OK, so it's a deeply moral and political and philosophical statement. Now, the simple answer is this. There are taxable events. There are rules from the IRS of what constitutes a taxable event. There are special ways in which people execute and do things with DAOs and stuff in order to be compliant. But then that brings up additional questions of, let's say Mike's in North Korea. Rick, you're in Australia and I'm in Amsterdam. Right. Under right. what jurisdiction does this entity exist? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why for many of these protocols, not for many, but for some of them, they actually, everyone in there is pseudo anonymous. They built their mm. entire reputation on the history, their reputation, their dot ETH, whatever, but they maintain a separate identity from their real, you know, meat space docs identity from their kind of web three identity. Mm hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I didn't want to get too far down that rabbit hole and turn the conversation into a, a legal con conversation, but I was interested in, in what the viewpoints were there. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it's big. The legal side of DAOs is pretty, pretty deep waters. A simpler way is to say, given me, who actually lives in a particular state with a mm -hmm. real identity and tax implications, how do I handle my particular income? Which is a simpler answer. We, uh, we've talked about a lot. Justice, where do you think the next kind of uh, direction that you want to take this conversation for a little while goes? And, and Mike, yeah, I know I've asked a lot of questions too. If you have anything, feel free to jump in. I'm equally excited, I think, as you guys. Yeah, but before I ask my question, Justice, what, go ahead. If, if you want to share anything else before we jump in yeah i just i'll touch on real quick the uh, kind of the distinction there of like web three yeah. the whole idea here is like web one was hyperlinks okay web two was this is a good way to remember it links likes and tokens okay and whereas web one was hey look anyone can put a web page online and then basically by our air quotes voting by clicking on it we actually raise the profile of that page okay mm -hmm page yeah. rank, all that, right? The likes was the idea of, wow, this idea of individual pages almost abstracted away because everything is a spa, single page app. And I don't even need to go different places. I'm the channel between the publisher and the consumer is merged. Now I'm actually commenting in this guy's page. We're having a video chat, hypermedia, high speed internet and all that. Okay. And then you get to the tokens and the tokens is the idea of, listen, I'm not just a customer. I'm also an owner of the product. Okay. And that's all of this is like techno babble until you actually get your finger on the nerve of the power that's unleashed here. And the power that's unleashed takes us right to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. And the idea is a superpower is released when there's no middle trust is an established entity because of cryptography and smart contracts. And that, I can take my money and make decisions with it in an organization. I believe that we should take our resources to the right and that I actually have an upside based upon those decisions. I have compensation based on it. And so this power is released that is unlike anything we've had before. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would say this DAOs are upending millennia of political and financial ideology 
And I would say, here's one way in which I find that to be true in my own case. Guys, I've never been one for expanding social programs. Yeah. I tend to be, uh, I yeah. tend to be extremely capitalistic, free market. If you can't figure out how to sustain your product or process, then you know, survival of the fittest, you're out. Someone else should come in. And then the free market, Milton Friedman, all this stuff, I'm a big fan, right? And then the crazy part is Web3 and DAOs are suddenly making me have a real different disposition towards public goods. And I find myself, what is going on here? I don't recognize myself in the mirror. <laughs> and here is why. One of the reasons for me that I felt opposition towards social programs is because such a small percentage of the amount of money of the resources goes to the people in need. 90% is burned in bureaucracy and BS. And the 10 cents goes to the people who actually need it. And there's mm -hmm. no transparency. It's completely opaque. Whereas in the blockchain space, it is 100% transparent. Every penny is visible. Every fraction of a penny, see, penny, where it went, how it went, a few clicks of a button, and the millions of dollars were released to every address on that list, the people who actually needed it. And through like amazing stuff coming from Kevin Awaki from Gitcoin, where basically they're designing protocols at no cost to the user because the protocol itself generates value through various programmable financial mechanisms and provides public goods to people and, and does amazing stuff. And suddenly the whole dynamic is turned in on itself because now the public goods, the social good of this product is a feature of the product, which suddenly satisfies my need as a consumer to say, I'm going to pick the one I, the free market capitalist spirit in me. And so all right. of a sudden these things are collapsed in on each other and I'm having an identity crisis and loving it. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, there are lies too. Like the whole people say, what is the value in cryptocurrency? Here's the value. You're actually producing something now of value on that platform using that currency. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, Bitcoin's cool to have. Okay. Yeah, cool. That, but, that's where the, the programmability comes in. And right. I'm, I'm all respect to the old Bitcoin. There's limited value. You see the shirts and it's like the guy's poking the Bitcoin with the stick. Do something, right? Yeah. It's the programmability <laughs> that unlocks all this possibility. It's crazy. Cool. There so, is, though. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say from a real practical tooling side, I would say the best place for someone to get familiar would be to hop into a DAO, read a little bit, hop into one. Now, basically what that would mean is some DAOs you can hop in without spending any money. Others, there's a certain gating system set up and the gating system is for alignment of incentives. So you come in and you like buy some of the governance tokens. You read some of their proposals on snapshot. Guys, you can go into boardroom.info now and see dozens and dozens of DAOs, all their proposals, open voting, and log in with your wallet and basically vote on this stuff. And your voice actually is being heard. And that's the easy kind of method to get involved. Is to yeah. Go look and then essentially utilize your wallet to log in. Yeah. Now, I will warn every, anybody who just wants to dip their toe in here, be careful because the hand will reach up and grab your leg and suck you down into a bottomless pit of wonder. 
Okay. You will become obsessed. Sound too bad. Yeah. You will become obsessed. <laughs> Your imagination will be going a thousand miles an hour and you'll become a, a full blown zealot. And you'll be like, you'll be like me. You'd be sounding crazier than me right now. It's wild. This is obviously spreading like wildfire. And it's crazy to see this movement, how fast it's growing. But you know, what, one thing that I do want to reassure to Agilus and Scrum Masters, that that's one of the, one of the reasons why I asked you is, are Agilus okay in this or Scrum Masters okay in this, which it seems like they are okay as they're, far they're as like more, a future job. They're more than okay. They're, they're more than okay. Listen, our last, our last guest, I don't know if we'll go out in this order, but our last guest talked about, he went from, he was like a solution architect, highly, not just a little bit of a developer, but like highly technical, right? Yeah. Architect level. And he went into agile work. And so we asked him, we're like, what's that? And he's just seemed like a natural progression. And so that level of abstraction, this is the natural level of that abstraction for people who are interested in like process, organizational design, team topologies, the uh, Dunbar's number, like all the, the lean principles. This DAO space is in dire need of you, Matt. And I'm say, I'll say it again. We're in desperate need of these thought leaders and they're not here yet. Okay. And when I say desperate need, I'm talking, there's billions of dollar, billion dollar protocols that are not optimized and operating in a lean fashion. And we need this expertise to come in and speak up and contribute. And so we're more than okay. High demand. That's good news. It's good news. So go ahead. I was just going to say, maybe just Mike, when you're editing this, maybe take this little part out here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't want, it's almost five. So I, I want to make sure that we have yeah. a, a good yeah, we spot. Can, I, I can, can hang wrap on, it up. but sure. Or justice, if you want to, if you want to do like a you know, conclusion, or I was going to say an extended bit with me, I could talk us out at the end and we, this could be a part where we could even break off Mike, how we've been doing that. So if there's more to be said, I can hang on. But Mike, I wanted to make sure that for this part, if you had anything else for your sake that you want to wrap up and then. Yeah, I, I'm good. Yeah, I just want yeah, I just wanted okay. to make sure that I get all my questions in before five because I got a hard stop. Um, cool. But, do, you, do you have anything yeah. else? Are you good? No, no. Yeah, he, okay. he answered the, the question of what are the advantages of it? That was like okay. my last one. But, but yeah. All right, edit this part out. Justice, do you want to keep going? I can hang on a bit. I think I think I covered. I think we can close it up with some concluding thoughts. I don't know where to take it from here, you know. Okay. I hope you feel like you you were able to get what you wanted to. I went so ham, man. Yeah. I don't even know where to go now. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, we can always do more on this too, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Oh Mike. no. I'm going to plug the platform on this very issue. Our platform. Okay. Let me, let me just, let's all pause for a second of silence and then we'll jump back in and I'll just say, okay, so we're next. And then if you want to do that and we can do some wrap up, we'll let you conclude. Is that cool guys? Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So justice, where do we take this conversation next? I know that this was the initial conversation. There was a lot discussed and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more. So where next for today? I would say I would highly encourage our listeners to dip in and see what's going on here on their own time. I also want to plug our own platform, Modern Agilist membership that we're launching because what we're trying to do is it's not just another, another Agile cert type deal. We're trying to thread the needle through all of this stuff. We're not called 
we didn't call this the modern agilist just to be cheeky. Okay. This is truly, we mean those words to the nth degree. And so I'd encourage people to hop in there. The whole, our whole idea here, Rick, Mike, and myself, we're all bringing a unique perspective and we're all creating this laser beam of what's coming down the, the line. How do we, and I would say this, what we're doing is we're saying, this is happening out here. This is bleeding edge. How can we apply it in the enterprise setting, like practically? And then if we're already in the enterprise setting, how do we push into that crazy stuff too on the edges? Okay. And so I'd encourage you to hop in there as we produce content and material and reach out to us individually. We would love to hear from you guys on social media to say, Hey, we want to hear more about this. Let's go deeper with that. And, and let's explore this thing together and connect the dots between the agile space and the Dow movement. Because as I said, in the very beginning, it's not just a matter of new organizations and new businesses and new delivery. It is so big as the protection of free speech and property and freedom and the preserving our autonomy and, and creativity as thinkers and, and people. And so all that goes together. That's great. That's awesome. Justice, this, this has been great. And I have a million other questions. <laughs> And my mind is starting to go even further down a rabbit hole. Like, you yeah, yep. definitely um, need a part two conversation. The, yeah. Part two. And, and like Justice said, engage with the platform that we have, which yes. is modernagilist.net will get you to all the different things that we have going on. We'll continue to grow the platform and, and our engagement in, in this and DAOs, the cutting edge stuff, as well as existing stuff too. So we can, you can see that arc of where we're going though. And I'm, super thrilled that we have justice as part of our team and mike totally different backgrounds and we're all i like the laser beam thing that justice said so that's great yeah i i can't thank you enough justice for, for yeah thank you justice this is a, this is really good stuff and we appreciate your plethora of, of knowledge in dows thanks guys big, big shout out to my people at bankless dow who are kicking off a dedicated agile guild project management guild big shout out to gitcoin and who's going to be helping Put forth with Bankless Dow a book called How to Dow with the leading thought leaders writing in that and Shapeshift for leading the way in, in, in preserving us from preserving our freedom and producing decentralized infrastructure. And so just, just love this movement and the connection that we're all making here. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Justice. And we will, we'll be back with another awesome episode pretty soon. So thank you all. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. See you. Bye-bye.